Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. And one out of the multitude said unto him, Teacher, bid my brother divide the inheritance with me. But he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and keep yourselves from all covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he reasoned within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have not where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou foolish one, this night is thy soul required of thee, and the things which thou hast prepared, whose shall they be? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. Let's talk about money and life and growing older, and true riches. It's Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. It is modern tales of an ancient pursuit, We'll kind of see where the topic takes us. Lots of conversation about money. And this isn't uh, an old person thing. This isn't a retirement age thing, although it could be. I find myself having conversations with people of all ages. And in a variety of different situations in life. And focused on not just income, but focused on, well, focused on saving and investing and their station in life, their lot in life, and a tremendous amount of anxiety about the future, Uh, the future of their career, the future of their job, the future of their company, their future, some, their future relationships, There's little doubt that there's enough suffering in the world to go around. I'm thinking of a number of of people that I know firsthand and just some really terrible situations. I'm particularly focused on people that are battling health concerns. And with all of the discussion about possessions and all the discussion about investments and all the discussion about preparing for the future and doing what I just read to you from the new Testament of this figure presented by Jesus in one of these parables, this rich man, his land had really been good to him and he had a whole, it was a huge harvest so huge that he didn't have barns that could contain it all. And thinking that he had all of his life in front of him decided I know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to store up even more. Uh, not knowing that he would not live long enough to enjoy all of those. And the question posed is a great question. Now, whose are they going to be? 
So if tonight you're going to die, who's going to get all this stuff? How's it going to benefit you? Now, there's a whole lot of lessons to be learned from that, and the lesson is not don't save, don't prepare for the future, don't think about the future. The elephant in the room for what this certain rich man did, he didn't give God any acknowledgement, any glory at all. He was so full of pride and hubris, believing that, hey, look what I've done, look what I've done. God was nowhere in sight. God had no place in this man's life. That was the big mistake. Now, there are some other auxiliary lessons, I'm sure, that can be learned, but that's why verse 21 in Luke chapter 12 is so powerful. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And there it is. Yeah, it's an issue of priorities. I'm thinking about people that are battling health concerns and having more money in the bank. While that might alleviate some stress, it's not going to bring back health. More vacation time, not going to bring back health. Some exotic vacation, not going to help. And I'm just struck at how our ordinary, everyday lives, well, that's what matters. There's this story in the Old Testament in the book of Second Kings about a man, Naaman the leper. And this was a powerful, powerful guy. He was in charge of a, of a big army, but the Bible says he was a leper. Now, this man had a child of God who was a servant, a slave in his quarters, and this little slave girl knew that there was a prophet of God down yonder. And if my master could get access to him, then she was pretty convinced that he could be healed of his leprosy. So he gets papers, gets permission, goes down, sees the prophet. Well, he thinks he's going to see the prophet, but he doesn't see the prophet. The prophet sends a servant to the door. And the servant says, you need to go down there to that Jordan River, and you need to dip seven times. And if you do, you'll be clean. Problem, Jordan River is a nasty river. He's thinking, man, I got clean rivers back home. And the prophet, he doesn't even come out to greet me himself. He sends a servant to the door. I mean, I'm a big shot smarty pants. What's he thinking? So puffed up with pride, you're seeing a theme here develop, I hope. Same thing that the certain rich man that Jesus talked about. He's too proud to go do this. So a servant says, if master, if you'd have been asked to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? So why not, why not do this? Why not do this thing? Cause you can be healed and reluctantly he does. And he dips seven times. And indeed he is healed of his leprosy. Pride and hubris and wanting to have our head taller than the next guy and so many of the other things that plague us as humans it's a killer it's an absolute killer we get rich toward ourselves we get rich toward trying to possess things own things save things collect things invest in things and then we let we let these bigger things just 
slide on by. Misplaced priorities. Displaced things of importance. And we're all guilty of it. We all do this to some degree. We may go through stretches where we do it at a world-class level, and then there are other times where it just rears its ugly head and bites us every now and again. I hope, as we're leaning toward wisdom, I hope that we're, we're pushing away from that kind of an attitude, that kind of behavior, that kind of spirit, and being less self-focused and being more focused on, okay, what, what really matters here? You ever known somebody who went to the doctor and pretty much received a, a death sentence? That is, the doctor gave them news that was the absolute worst news that you could get, that you've got this problem, and this problem this problem has a statistical ending. And the statistical ending is so many days, so many weeks, so many months. I think many of us have known people. We've even, well, we've certainly heard stories of those. What if you were that person? How would you, how would you approach your life any differently? Would you approach your life differently? You went to the doctor today and you got the news that there's this, there's this date out in the future. Nothing's guaranteed, but based on medical science statistics, this is kind of sort of what you're looking at. This is kind of the timeline that you're looking at. Will you approach life once, once you get back on your feet emotionally, because you're going to be gut punched. Once you get back on your feet and realize, okay, my time is really finite. And now I know the end date more or less. What are you going to do differently? You going to do anything differently? I think only the fool would would say, no, I'm, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I think we would all do things differently. Now, I understand that we can't really live our lives like that. I, I understand the impracticality of it all, that if we knew we had a finite, we knew we had finite days, there are people in our lives and we can think, well, we, we just want to spend every moment that we can together and that's not practical. People have jobs, people have lives, and we, we even in that condition, we realize that we really can't be, nor would we want to be, I don't think, the center of the universe for these people around us that we care about. But don't you suppose it would make all of us kind of relish the moment more, be in the moment more? I mean, there are all kinds of little, little things that we might catch ourselves doing and decide not going to do that. We might catch ourselves with that phone in hand, playing some mindless game or watching some mindless video, or maybe even a mindful video and decide, no, no, I don't think that's the priority right now. So in these conversations that I've, I've been having about investing and saving and earning and many of them are well let me check that no all of them now that i think about it all of them are goal oriented 
Now, for some, that goal may be retirement, but the goal is there's something. And for many, the goal is just preparation, preparation for the future because of present anxiety. It doesn't matter what industry sector people are working in. I'm, I'm seeing firsthand levels of anxiety broadly that I'm not sure if I have seen it, I'm too old to remember. And it's, it's troubling and it's fascinating at the same time. People who are feeling in too many cases, not in control. And indeed there's so many things that we aren't in control of, but there's an awful lot of things that are well within our control. But people who are employed, who are feeling kind of at the mercy of an employer or at the mercy of the culture or at the mercy of leadership or management. And that's, that's historically common, but it seems amplified to me today. And maybe, maybe my senses are just heightened about all this. There are people that are approaching retirement and they're still working and they're laboring over, you know, how many, here's what I thought my timeline was. And now I, I think I'm going to extend that timeline. You know, I thought I was three years away. I thought I was five years away. I thought I was seven years away, but you know, now that I, I'm, now that I'm looking at it and I think I'm, I'm nine, I'm 10, I'm 12 years away. And I'm hearing those conversations. I'm hearing conversations from people that aren't quite happy doing what they're doing, but feeling stuck because they really don't, they don't know how to get unstuck. And so many of us get in these situations where we just, we can't see the opportunities. We can't see the things for which we could and should be grateful because we're so focused on our plight. We're focused on what we don't have. We're focused on our lack. We're focused on in too many cases, what other people have when what they have trumps what we've got. Well, that's a real easy game to play. You do know this, don't you? You do know that even if you're, even if you've had the wealth of an Elon Musk or a Warren Buffett or a Mark Zuckerberg or a Bill Gates, you do know that there's clamoring at the top, just like there's clamoring in the middle and at the bottom. <laughs> you can't ever get enough. The barn can't ever be built big enough to hold it all. We'll never have enough until and unless we make up our mind that we do, that we do have enough. And until we can find some way to find contentment, another Bible subject, by the way, the Bible's got quite a lot to say about learning to be content and certainly an awful lot to say about being grateful and an awful lot about being a good neighbor, being a good person. There's never any promise we're going to get out of this thing alive. You know that, don't you? Of course you do. So as we think about our money and our possessions and our lot in life, a.k.a. our lifestyle, how important are all those things to us? As we think about our relationship, as we think about our marriages, as we think about our kids and our grandkids and whoever else occupies your life as a family or a tribe, 
what are, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And, and how do you, how are you juggling all of that? Are you juggling all that? Well, or better yet, are you juggling all of that successfully? As successfully as you'd like to. And if not, why not? And what are you going to do about it? When we were young and beginning to have our kids, sometimes there would be a conversation uh, with other couples that had yet to have children and they would be talking about how, well, they really, we want to get this accomplished and we want to get to this place and we kind of want to get this done. You know, then we're going to, then we're we're probably going to think about starting a family. And I remember having probably too many conversations like that because we had concluded very early. There's no perfect time. You can plan it as meticulously as you, as you want to try to, there just is no perfect time. And if you're waiting on the perfect time, you're probably never going to do it. And that's not just true of having children. It's true of anything. And it's not about being perfect. It's just about getting to the point where you're ready to take the jump. It's about getting to the point where you've got enough faith and confidence and trust in well, in this case, in yourself and in your spouse, we'll make this work. We'll just make this work. It's amazing what the human spirit does, isn't it? We see story after story after story, and we're like, how in the world are they going to, how are they going to deal with that? How are they going to endure that? How are they going to overcome that? And it's amazing to me that the people who make up their mind that they're going to do And those people who make up their mind that it's going to wreck their life, it does. It does. So we lay up treasure for ourselves. We focus on our investments. We focus on our possessions. We decide the way that we want to live our life, and we get it all planned out, and we work like crazy to make it all happen. And along the way, we neglect those things that are really important, and all of a sudden, those things that we put all of that effort, all of that time, all of that energy in, and they suddenly don't matter. In some cases, they don't matter at all. And in many, many, many cases, they don't matter that much. And meanwhile, we have put one foot in front of the other blindly day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and we don't know where the time went because we weren't busy building a life. We weren't busy growing. We weren't busy becoming better humans. We weren't busy bringing more value to the people in our lives. We were busy with stuff that now we see that was a mistake. That was a mistake. We, we, we made all this investment in the wrong thing. It's exactly where this rich farmer found himself on the night that his soul was required now what? Well, wait a minute. This, this has been my life. This is, I, I've, I've spent my life trying to get to this point where I, I can enjoy all this. I can kick back and life can be great. What if life could have been great all along? Oh, maybe more modest, but what if it could have been great all along? I'm 
going to make a proposal to you, and the proposal is this, that if we get our priorities right, if we put God in his proper place, we can live a good life. It doesn't mean things are going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that we're going to have our health always. It doesn't mean that we're going to be wealthy. It doesn't even mean that we're going to be somewhat or reasonably free of pain and suffering. But it does mean that we can endure whatever life here throws at us. And more importantly, it means that when this life is over and our next life begins, our last stage of life begins, the eternal part of our life begins, we'll be in a really good place. And we will be in a place where time isn't going to matter and possessions aren't going to matter and what the people next door have, that ain't going to matter either. Well, because heaven's that kind of a place. Can I direct you to a website? LetTheBibleSpeak.tv Kevin Presley from Dothan, Alabama. He is the evangelist that you will hear. There's a lot of sermons. There's hundreds of them. LetTheBibleSpeak.tv You want to hear a few sermons from me? Audio only. InThyPaths.com InThyPaths.com I appreciate you clicking play. Not trying to wax too... I don't know what's the word. Can you wax too spiritual? (laughs) No. If you mock Christianity, if you mock the Bible, if you mock God, you can do that. You'll regret it, but you can do it. But if you click play for me, I don't think you're that kind of a person. And I encourage you to be rich toward God. There's nothing more wise than being rich toward God. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. Coming to you from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.